0: Welcome to the Audio-ish Podcast, uh, your home for everything audio. How's it going, Mike?
1: It's going fantastic, as always.
0: Oh, good, good. Um, So, welcome to the Audio-ish Podcast. This is going to be your resource um, to review audio equipment, uh, to review and experience audio resources such as Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, vinyl cds cassettes well hey maybe we'll get a a track in there uh, oh yeah a <laughs> yeah so we'll
1: do some product reviews um talk about some of the cool new products that are coming out
0: yes and uh, mike has a deep audio background um
1: i've been down the rabbit hole
0: oh yeah uh, over 18 years of experience and then on the flip side i got none uh i i don't know right which is the best part right i don't know anything about audio I, you know Mike's going to teach me about wires and files and masters and tubes and amps and yeah, I don't know. Some, I don't know. It's dangerous though. I I heard silver was involved in this in some way. Oh yeah. So so far um, I'm just, I'm just here to steal some uh, headphones from Mike.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm starting to think I'm not going to get them back.
0: (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) Um, Well, that's why I bought another pair, which maybe we'll talk about. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know, in in starting this out uh you'll you'll notice this is um you know you'll see episode four episode two um kind of and and this is really i don't know how do you want to say this by um wanna-
1: i i think you know probably the the best way to say this is this is episode one of audio ish podcast but really what happened was it's uh episode four of our auto ish podcast which was our first podcast right and we decided after episode four that it had become very audio. Mm-hmm. And we had had two episodes in a row where we pretty much just talked about audio, audio gear, our audio experiences, our audio file stuff. And it made sense to spin off audio or auto ish into audio ish and, and take everyone along on this journey of the audiophile world. It's too, as I'm imparting some of my experience on Pete, it just made sense to bring everybody along. And we'll, we'll continue auto-ish, but that's going to be car and marketing and mm-hmm. bourbon and things like that, like we started out talking about. But um, the the audio stuff, I think, really deserves its own podcast.
0: Yes, I agree. And I'm excited to kind of get down this rabbit hole. I've always been, um, you know, a fanatic for music. Um, I like trying out all different kinds of uh, genres. I like, all, you
1: know... Oh, uh, yeah, my collection's very eclectic. Yeah, so I'm excited I'm to all over see place.
0: how... Uh, and learn how the quality of it can really enhance the experience, and I kind of started getting a little taste of that, so I'm really excited to explore that uh, with yeah. you guys. Yeah, and I,
1: I can't wait to, uh, to to expose you to some more equipment, gear, and, uh, and, and reference tracks as well.
0: Absolutely. So um, without any further introduction this will be episode one correct of the audio ish podcast yeah hope you enjoy, enjoy. welcome to the auto ish podcast with mike and pete that's me <laughs> how's it going mike
1: <laughs> it's going great man so happy to be starting episode four yeah. in our uh, in our new studio space
0: yeah this is great this is perfect um, so yeah I
1: can't wait to hear this back just to, to hear if it's um, quieter which I think it will be
0: yeah yeah absolutely uh, so from time to time if you hear this noise <laughs> that's me having a nice coffee from uh, Black River Roasters our favorite uh, local coffee spot. And uh, if you don't hear Mike with this sound, you're not going to hear it because mine cool has gone. <laughs> mine is empty. Uh, it's that is it is the best coffee. We were just talking about it for a little bit there. The the, uh, the light roast Ethiopian is is my go to. Absolutely all the time. Uh, yeah, awesome. You know, I used to be really into the dark espressos. Like the, I used to do the stovetop espressos all the time. Right. And I was like, oh, darker, bitter. That bitter is the new sweet. I used to like joke around. Like, no, no, man, that light roast, that yeah. Ethiopian
1: is just to totally die for. Different.
0: It's it's like a it's like a almost a more dynamic tea like than it is an actual full on coffee. Um it's it's great. Um so in our last episode we teased uh talking about audio, some high end stuff, and um it got me thinking about my first walkman.
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah. Analog. I could talk to analog for days. Yeah. So,
0: um, it was a silver, uh, Sony CD player slash radio. Wow. It had like chrome buttons on it and a little mm-hmm. like digital screen. Very small. But, I mean, not even like a full. Was line. it a Discman?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Discman. Yeah. All right.
0: Um, My first actually buying CDs on my own, I bought uh, Metallica, uh, the Black Album. I bought... Nice. um, um, It was Courtney Love's Band, whatever they are. uh, The album was Celebrity Skin. Okay. (laughs) Don't know that one. Uh, (laughs) You're not missing anything. (laughs) Uh, And... um, and the other one was, I believe, was the Sex Pistols. Okay. because some girl was like, oh, you got to listen to Sex Pistols. And I was like, okay. Yeah. You're, I you're had gonna, a Discman
1: a- back in the day, and I, I remember it being black. I know it had a little display on it for, mm-hmm. like, the track. Uh, but I don't remember having an FM radio, though.
0: This I love the FM radio because I would listen to K-Rock. Like, and the radio sure. took up less battery than running the CD did. Okay. So if Makes the sense. battery wasn't strong enough, to run the cd i could always switch over to the radio which was right um but uh there were a few quirks mm-hmm. to the cd player right and i think everyone experiences kind of the same thing kind of knows where we're going to go with this the skipping
1: oh absolutely yeah i mean such a small form or you know such a small device there's no way they could have any real <laughs> good shock protection and <laughs> it's a it's something you're carrying around and it's a disc that's spinning in there so yeah yeah uh, it's going to skip <laughs>
0: in the car like you know if my dad was driving like I'd be like dad stop hitting the bumps I'm trying to listen to Metallica like, <laughs> right. and he's like what are you talking about <laughs> like but you know the, the, yeah, it was such that's a one thing
1: sensitive... that the Walkman did not have with the cassette
0: yeah that's true that's true so you know we're, we're talking about all this stuff with audio and we're kind of getting ready for the episode and, and here I am and all I'm thinking is man like we've come such a long way now where you would go on a road trip and you would pack your little your CD pack so you would have maybe 14 15 CDs with you that was it that, yeah. that's what you had and now you have in your pocket every song ever right there available to you through Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. yeah it's
1: funny um I remember this so vividly and, and this is mid 80s something like that CDs that just come out they were the the you know the latest and the greatest and um and I remember being in um well it was a record store of course but you know they had cds and i remember um the clerk saying this is it you know there's no other format in the world this is you know they're compact they're small Mm -hmm. it's you know this is gonna end the era of the cassette which you know it certainly did but (laughs) um and then i remember relaying that to somebody else like a you know an older person and i don't remember if it was a teacher or it might, might even been my dad i don't remember but I remember saying, "Yeah, this is it. This is the future. There's no other format." And I remember that person saying, "Everything goes away. Everything has cycles, and something will replace the CD. Mm-hmm. And the CD is, you know, will be doomed at some point in time." It lasted a very long time mm-hmm. when you consider other formats like eight tracks and even the cassette, probably. But it was replaced yeah of course and now it's streaming it's you know it went to um you know the ipod or some of those other things the Zooms and whatever Mm -hmm. else um but now it's streaming and now it streams all over the place phones and
0: yeah Uh, it's interesting to to have seen the vinyl sales right because there was like this time where it was only vinyl then you had the cassette vinyl sales go down then you had you know cds vinyl sales go down and then it was like vinyl's going to go away, and I remember making fun of it. Like, who's going to use that big thing? Like, what's that about?
1: Yeah, I mean, look how archaic it looks compared to what we use today.
0: Right. And then now, if you go to Urban Outfitters, you go to you can go to Target right now. They don't have CDs. They have vinyl. Sure. It's great. On the end cap in the music section, they have you know whatever brand record player, and you know your top ten albums in vinyl, and that's a quality thing. It's a nostalgia thing. But there,
1: there's some nostalgia to it, and um, I know we touched on this in a previous episode. But if you listen to to vinyl, it's noticeably warmer. Mm. Um, Good word. It's not digitized, and for me, there's a lot of nostalgia because that's the sound that I remember growing up with um, in in early exposure to audio. So, and because you talked about your first. Um, experiences oh, yeah, you guys, or your first yeah. you know, um music device, let's call it that. Um my first early um memory of audio, my dad was a, a very talented musician. So I grew up around music and um he played I don't I don't even know how many instruments. I mean he, he could play everything from a uh, mandolin to a banjo, huh. he played uh acoustic guitar, he played electric bass. He was always in a band that I can remember growing up. He was always in some band, um, usually country, bluegrass, that that kind of stuff, which you know I grew up with in Vermont. But
0: I didn't know that. That's yeah.
1: awesome. And um, I mean, he had crazy stuff like a, a Hawaiian guitar, which had fifty-two strings that he could play, and he <laughs> played the pedal steel guitar. And so I grew up around music. Um, with that, he he purchased this very high end. Audio system, which was really uh, the in thing in the 70s, expensive high end audio systems and rack systems and things like that were were, um, you know, the rage at that time. And I remember going to the store with my dad and I remember him actually taking out like I think he made payments on this system. Like that's how expensive it was back then. Um, And I remember my mom's reaction, which wasn't good. But, you know, (laughs) that's a that's a whole different story. Um, but it was uh, it was made by a company called H and H Scott. At the time, they were, you know, probably not the top of the top, but they were very well known, very reputable. Probably what we would refer to today as mid-fi. Um, you know, certainly well above consumer-grade audio at the time. And he he bought a turntable, a um, an integrated amp, which today would be like tuner, amp combined, uh, you know, preamp in, in, in it as well. And, um, and a set of their speakers, which I remember them being um, tunable. They had, you know, switches on the front where you could, you could modify the amount of treble mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which um, I don't remember seeing a whole lot of that after that. But, um, but I remember that sound. I remember the sound of vinyl from back then. Um and as a kid it, oh yeah, and he had a cassette player, um or you know, cassette deck. So I would record my albums on cassette and then take them on my Walkman um but I remember that that, that sound of vinyl and that, that high end analog sound and that's kinda drawn me back into this and I know we talked about it before, but you know, one of these days I'll have you over to the house and we'll we'll spin some records. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Just, but for me it's it's not just the nostalgia of the vinyl and the piece of vinyl. It's the sound that is identifiable and recognizable as analog.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, so thinking back to that time, what are some albums that stand out for you?
1: Um, well, you know, at that time, for me, it wasn't about sound quality like mm-hmm. it is today. Like, you know, I, I'm I'm drawn to specific artists. Um Today, because of the way they record or the, you know, the high level of um, engineering that goes into in production, back then it was, um, it was ACDC, it was mm. Billy Joel, um, it was all primarily rock, but, um, yeah. you know, it was all those, those typical poppy Um, everything from Nazareth to Rush. I mean, growing up in Vermont, we were very close to Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, We listened to an FM station out of Montreal that was, you know, all of us kids at the time. It was the coolest station. (laughs) And, you know, on a good day you could get it in, like, pretty clearly. Yeah. Um, And, of course, they played nothing but Rush. I mean, Rush was from that area. (laughs) They were Canadian. It was a big deal. Um, Yeah. So, uh, so Rush was definitely a, a big influence on me early on.
0: Well, um, it's so when we talk about vinyl, you know, obviously sound quality, but then the other side of it too is the the listening experience. Where you know when you're, even if you look at the musicians right now like what they're putting out, and it's not about good or bad; it's it's just a matter of change. Very frequently, you'll you'll see an artist come out with like eight singles in a row. Before an album ever drops, right, and they just you know can release it streaming or however they do you know SoundCloud whatever, and it's one individual song where, you know, there is a whole different set of skills that come together with putting together an album that plays all the way through, that has some continuity to it, that has a message or a story or is a concept that in its own. Um, So I think that's it's a unique um, thing at this point. Oh, absolutely. That that
1: music, aspect of yeah. it is, is, is lost, yeah, I think.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think the, the CD started to kill that. You know, you would see that, like, in the 90s, the single would come out. The rest of the album was just kind of thrown together to sell the single. Sure. Um, you know, at least in pop music. But then we have seen that kind of come back a little bit. And at least the the indie artists of the time were pretty... Thorough about putting together some more, you know, interesting concept albums and, you know, telling a story, whether it be a, a riff on Alice in Wonderland or, you know, whatever it was, it, it was a nice kind of way to kind of keep that going. And now with the reemergence of vinyl, it is you know we are starting to see that a little bit, which is great. Um, yeah, you, definitely. You mentioned that that high end audio system, and I don't know how good this system was. I don't know all the details of it, but my dad had a, a Kenwood system. Sure. That um, it had, and you'll probably be able to identify what these things were. It had three components to it outside of the speakers. One had a whole bunch of dials on it that went up and down. They're all vertical. All right, that was an EQ. So it had
1: a a bunch of slider controls on it. So you could vary the different frequencies. Um, Yeah, that was pretty common. Yeah. Um, Today, you would not see one of those in a system because... The idea in, a, in an in an audiophile system today is to put as little between the source and the speakers as possible. Mm. That y- you want to hear what was going on in the studio. Mm-hmm. You want to hear what the engineer put together, mm-hmm. and you don't want to color that in any way, shape, or form. And you want. The, and I think probably one of the one of the ways that it was described to me best early on when I started getting into this, and it, I think it was in a book I read. Um, and I'll try and think of the name of the book as we're talking about this, but um, the guide said, think of each component, each piece of wire, each piece of anything between the source and the final um, output at the speakers as being a pane of glass. Mm. And regardless of how clear or clean each piece of glass is, each one of those is slightly distorting the end result. Mm. And each component, piece of wire, each everything that touches that is impacting its its sound quality at the end. So back then you would have an EQ, you would tune it, you'd yeah. be like, Oh, that sounds good to me, but that doesn't mean that it was good. Right. That just means it sounded good to you in particular, which is another thing that, that I should probably talk about. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Everybody hears things differently, everybody has different hearing. Um and each system that you listen to is in a different room, which has different acoustics. There's so many things that go into this. Um, but at the end of the day, the fewer things in between the source and the output, generally the better. And you know, back then that would have been an EQ. Right. So he had some sort of an amp, an yep. EQ, and then whatever the source was were probably the three components would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, right. So CD player, S- amplifier. EQ yeah and then out to the speakers
0: right and I remember the speakers were huge like they were just they like all were massive. back then yeah, yeah. Um, and actually it was funny he <laughs> it's, it's a weird story but he um, helped out the local police they had like an undercover sting so they he knew one of the police officers and they were like hey Eric like do you use that those speakers for anything anymore and he's like no I'm going to junk them. Right. He's like we need to we actually could we take them and put like a hidden camera we're going to use them for our sting operation <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like yeah that's take cool. them. Yeah good so, Good. recycle of yeah, old speakers. And after they that's were cool. done with it they showed my dad what they did and how where they put the camera and it was so obvious that there was a camera in there it was like poking out of the little screen where the speaker was. Oh that's funny. But it worked so. Right. <laughs> but, um, but the speakers were gigantic um and i yeah
1: most of the speakers back then were even if they weren't like really higher end um you know big woofers were yeah. were in and the cabinets were large because yeah. most of them back then were sealed and to have a sealed cabinet that actually had some bass response needed to be fairly large but yeah. And yeah. speaker design's a whole different a topic for a different episode if we yeah. want to do that someday but um, I've built a number of speakers, designed crossovers, um, built from scratch, and have a pretty good understanding of um, enclosure, um, you know, th- um, effects on sound and stuff like that. But that's that's a whole different
0: thing. That's something I didn't even know that. That means so I'm interested in that because I see the speakers that come out right now, like so the Sono speakers that I have. I'm like they got this like giant metal grate in front of them, like. How is the sound going to be better with this, you know, plastic metal grate that's covering right. everything and I'm sure there's a reason for it maybe. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm not
1: familiar with that speaker, right. but I I'd be happy to take a look at it yeah. cuz it's, you know, you're you're piquing my interest yeah. as somebody who's designed speakers in the past. Yeah, it's like oh, okay. um but for me the 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 calculations for speaker design are cool. I'm, you know, yeah. that that plays to my analytic part of my brain right. where I'm yeah. Like, you know, hey, I think this would sound better if I tweak this or, you know, I'll I'll design the crossover to crossover at a different uh, point because I think the speakers are matched better in this area. That's a whole different thing, though, man. We could we Mm -hmm. could go on for days talking about um, the components that I use or the higher end components that I would use in the um, in the crossover. um, The different types of wirings, pure silver. And uh, it's yeah, I could go on and on.
0: So. You you were introduced to this higher end audio at a relatively early age. That's like your first kind of introduction to it. But at what point do you take it upon yourself to start building these things out? And what kind of inspired that? Because I know on my side, as far as I ever went with audio, was I had a friend whose parents had their entire house wired with speakers. And I was like, that's what I want. Like, right. I, I want to be able to walk into every room and hear the song that I want to hear in decent enough quality. And that's been like my goal to build up my system. But sure. that, that never went any further than that. You're talking about wires. Yeah. Um, about so, silver. To, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, okay. So, um, I was, I think I was about 12. Um, and my dad for Christmas gave me a Heath kit radio. And uh, you're you're probably too young to know what a Heath kit is, but yeah. um, back then, a Heath kit was a kit to build something, and you got a box with a bunch of parts in it and some instructions. Cool. And at the age of twelve, I learned how to solder uh, electrical components on a on a board, okay. basically. So my dad helped me. I mean I was twelve, so and it was a pretty extensive kit. It was probably it was definitely not made for twelve year olds. (laughs) And probably because he wanted to build it as much as as, you know, he wanted me to build it. (laughs) It was probably more the case than anything. But um so at at twelve years old, I was soldering electrical components to put this radio together. And I think if if nothing else and, and my dad knew that I was the type of kid who I took everything apart. I mean, I, there wasn't a flashlight in our house that worked because I had already disassembled <laughs> the thing. Pieces were spread out. All I needed to know how it worked, and that, that's pretty much anything that I got my hands on. <laughs> so he gives me this radio, and, a, you know, theres you open a box, and there's just components. There's resistors and capacitors and just stuff spread out all over the place in this big instruction manual. Um, and we put it together, uh, you know, and he, he certainly helped me with some of the more difficult stuff, mm-hmm. but it worked. And at the end of the day, it was a it was a shortwave radio kit, so it, it you know I was listening to people all all around the world on this shortwave radio, and Did you
0: hear anything cool? Do you remember
1: anything? I don't remember. I do remember hearing foreign languages, um, but I don't remember anything specific. I just remember that the fact that that thing worked. Yeah. And I don't remember the time frame it took for us to put it together. You know, maybe it was a week or two or something. It was a long process, and it was very detail orientated, of course. Um, but at the end of the day, when we turned the switch on, the thing worked, and I think that's what hooked me. Yeah. Right there. And after that, it was a bunch of, um, you know, stuff. Then I got into how to design circuits, my own circuits, like simple things. Mm. My dad got me a kit after that where and I don't even remember what they're called but it, it was like an experimental board mm. and you, it came with all these components and uh, instructions on how to build these different circuits and it had little springs and you'd put the wires there was little jumpers and you'd do this and that and it would come up with um like a siren so you could yeah. have this it had momentary switches and you you could do all these different things and Um, I took it to a different level I I took these little cardboard boxes these um, they were probably like jewelry boxes or something and I would take all the components and I'd hardwire them and put it in the little box with a speaker and I would take it on the bus and I would play it and I I I believe I may have freaked out my uh, my bus driver at the time by you know sitting behind him and you know sounding the siren i kind of vividly remember doing that as a that's as a awesome. mischievous little kid but um well,
0: so that that that's started like a that thing. it's such an interesting just i have to just jump in with this cuz what an interesting story for me to hear where with you know my my goddaughter and and godson their idea of this hands-on thing is they have little coding kits Okay. So they are basically doing the same thing with their dad, but they're coding to build like w- worlds, digital worlds. Oh, that's awesome. And elements. So it's just a cool little parallel where how how far things have gone, but how they've stayed so much the same. I'm sorry, I just had to interject with that. Just Yeah, no, that's, this that's, interesting parallel. that's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah I, so you know, early on, I had this, you know, um, this interest in in electronic circuits, and then, you know, later in life, and I told this story a little bit before, but later in life, a a, a friend of mine introduces me to the, like very high end audio, and I'm not talking about, you know, mid-fi. I'm talking now, like I'd mentioned in one of the previous episodes, his the cables between his CD player and his amplifier were two thousand dollars. And that was the level of the system, and he had two amps and, you know, ten, twenty $20,000 amplifiers, and at one point he had a $10,000 CD player, which had a yeah. single CD player. I mean, you know, to me, I'd never seen that that level of, of um, audiophile-grade equipment. But those $2,000 cables prompted me to do all that research, and I know I mentioned it before, but... I had some background in electronics already and mm-hmm. I had an understanding of electronics and soldering and um and you know it it kind of spoke to me and and I went down that road um so right now and and to bring this to today right now I'm working on a design for a headphone cable that I want to give to you right. for one of our future episodes and say Here's uh, and and I'm going to give you. Um, I've got a pair of Monolith M565C headphones, which are planner headphones, and it's. It, I'm not going to get too much into describing that, but it's not a typical speaker in there. There's um, I don't. Know, it's like a plate. I'll I'll leave it at that. We'll talk about that another day, but <laughs> the
0: name um, of the headphones. That uh, is...
1: It's it's Monolith is the manufacturer. Okay, and the model is an M. 565c it's a closed back they've got um like a wood it's actually wood um surrounding the headphone um and they're planner based like i said so there's not a typical driver and the the they're very very quick so you don't have the cone moving in and out that you would have with a typical driver or speaker Mm. um they're super quick they're precise and their frequency range range is well outside of the human hearing range. I think they they go down to 15 um, hertz, which be, people can't hear. Yeah. And I think they go up to 50,000 hertz, which is way beyond human hearing. Human hearing, it, it, as a young person, cuts off at like 20,000. And you know, for me, I think at this point I'm I'm like around 15,000. I think that's that's all well, it's we'll left of my age.
0: My my headphones also have a really long name. They're called. Air buds, <laughs> and so we'll we'll trade. We'll trade. Okay, <laughs> they we'll trade from, just for a week, and they and go and from like a low hertz to maybe a high hertz. I don't know, and um, they play music, and mm-hmm. they um, are white.
1: Yeah, I think um, <laughs> what I really want it is. You know, the, these headphones, I think, are going to gonna introduce you to probably send you down a rabbit hole of really bad things because <laughs> ignorance is bliss when it comes to audio. I'm just going to keep them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really want to do, and, and um, you know, we talked about this before we started this episode, but what I really want to do is give you the cables that came with the, the headphones from Monolith and then give you another set of cables that I designed. Mm-hmm and tell me what the differences are between them in terms of how you hear them differently because okay. um, they they will be different and they are going to sound very different and they may or may not be better in, in terms of what you like or what you, you hear. Um, some people don't like the sound of a very revealing system mm-hmm. and some people like warmer. It's just, you yeah. know, it. but what I really want more than anything is I want you to, to experience the fact that wires do sound different. Right. And that different designs can impact sound. Yeah. And I think that's something that that most people probably wouldn't even believe. That the difference in the wire that carries the sound from the source to mm-hmm. the headphones or any other you know component as well could impact the sound. Yeah. And and it will and it does and it's not a placebo, it's there it's there and um, what I really like when I A and B something with with somebody or or they come over to the house, and I'm like, hey, listen to this cable and then listen to this cable, is that they hear the same difference as I do, mm-hmm. which which kind of solidifies to me that it it's not a placebo effect. Right. It, it's you know the bass is more noticeable or the highs are much cleaner or I can hear the person's fingers on the guitar strings. The you know, the the things that start popping out when you when you're exposed to a, a different sound I think that's that, that's cool and that that's that's something that I enjoy
0: yeah absolutely so we'll get into um into that probably for episode six I think we're gonna do that's probably about right because
1: yeah. I, I I definitely want you to live with them for a little while because yeah. I think um the one thing that that I've always found is it, it'll take a little while before you start to really I mean there's a kind of a learning curve as well
0: Mhm
1: initially you're going to put on these headphones you're going to be like wow I didn't know that this was there or this my favorite tune is sounds I didn't know there was a you know I didn't know there's a flute midway through or whatever the case might be or I never heard that before Um, but over time you'll your hearing will change a little bit you'll learn different things you'll become exposed to soundstage that you never knew was even there Mm -hmm. that the you know how expansive the sound actually is um, so I do think you need to live with it for a little while and then go back and forth between the cables. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say a couple episodes down the road. I mean, yeah. we'll uh, we'll have to come back to that a little later, but I, I want you to live with them for a little while and kind of get, you know, a, a more lengthy exposure to it instead of, I listen to this one tune, I listen to this tune over here, yeah, they sound different. Right, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I think it's something that deserves a little more time so yeah uh, at least a couple episodes down the road
0: that makes sense yeah we'll, we'll we'll give it a good listen and then uh and then that'll give me plenty of time to come up with a good story for,
1: yeah uh, yeah for cool I think you you, you describe things really well so that's <laughs> what I'm looking forward to as much as anything I think you know going back to your your um bouquet oh yeah right. um kind of analogy I mean that yeah. that to me was perfect yeah. I mean that that was a really good explanation and I think you're really good at those things Thanks. um but before we wrap this episode yep. up, uh, I just want to talk about what I saw on your Instagram page this <laughs> morning because I think this is really cool, dude. Thanks, Mike.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, uh,
1: and if you want to shout out your Instagram page, oh, now's yeah. a good time.
0: Yeah, that's a good call. The, um, the Instagram is at uh, floppyaction. Uh, the name comes from a basketball uh, play um, where your best shooter – kind of goes underneath the basket while the point guard has the ball at the top of the key and the shooter can either roll off to the left side and get a pick and get an open shot at the elbow or he can go to the right side. He can get a pick and go to the corner and get a corner three. And it's become a very popular play. And I think it has the funniest name. Like, it's just like, we need some. Yeah, cool. I'd never
1: like, actually heard that before. So like, I didn't know that's where it came from. For, and-
0: for my goddaughter's basketball team, her mom is the coach and we were talking and. She was like, Ah, oh, we gotta come up with a good play for these kids or whatever. I was like, floppy action. Like it's so easy and your daughter's a good shooter. Like, this is perfect. And that's it. We were drawing up plays while we were having pizza and uh, That's cool. But, well uh, as
1: a as a previous high school basketball player, yeah. We never had a floppy action no, play. Floppy
0: action. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I, I made the freshman team and then after that uh, I stopped growing, so that was it for me. I, I
1: well I have a, a somewhat similar story and I don't wanna get off of your Instagram page, yeah. but um, I grew very early so i believe i was five sixth and sixth grade or something like that right. so i was the i, I was the center and yeah. you know i was the one of the tallest kids in my class played basketball um freshman in high school i believe i was still five six ish <laughs> yeah right. and um you know i became a forward yeah and by the time i was a senior in high school i was a guard yeah because everybody grew right past me and and in, uh, in high school, our, our center I think was six, seven or something. So, um, and you know, I I only grew a couple more inches after all that. And you know, I'm still, I think I'm five, nine. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I, I did not grow. And I remember, uh, trying out for the, for the JV team and there was a kid that was, I was the same size as the year before, and he was like six inches taller than me, and I was like, "I got no shot. I'm not right. making this team." <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the Instagram it, it includes just a, a lot of sports-inspired artwork, and um, just kind of been having fun with it for about two years, and got some pretty cool recognition. So, um, if no you, awesome recognition, man, <laughs> awesome recognition. Uh, um, yeah.
1: In the NBA as well. Yeah. So, I mean, so
0: I, if I, the thing I keep thinking about is. Actually, I never even... I don't think I've told you this. So, when I was in fourth grade, got, so my, um, my grandfather had passed away and my grandmother was living with us and she couldn't sleep. So, to me, I was like, well, I get to hang out with my grandma longer. And then yeah, sure. also on TNT, I get to watch the West Coast basketball games where usually my parents would make me go to sleep. My parents are like, well, he's keeping grandma company. We'll let him stay up. Ah, so, so I got to go. watch the Lakers play and Warriors cool. play. And that was Magic Johnson and all that. Stuff. So yeah. I was like, okay, this is great. And I would stay up and I would draw pictures like I, like on computer paper and then I would show her them as I like you know as the game was going on. Wow, that's cool. And um the ones that she liked the best I'd bring them to school and I would show my friends and you know whatever and then I would hang my desk was by the wall. I would like br- bring like the sticky tack from home and I would tack them on the walls until the teacher like was like come on stop, right. you know. <laughs> and then I would just do it again the next day. So I'd always like kind of like doing this thing and now it's insane because my artwork is tacked up on the walls of the social media lounge at the NBA all-star game. And it's like, um, yeah, dude, that's just awesome. Parallel kind of full circle kind of thing. It's so cool. Um, And I just, I I feel really lucky. So I appreciate the shout out. Thank you. And um,
1: yeah, no, I mean, uh, this morning I opened up my Instagram and, I see those, uh, the, you know, your artwork in that lounge, and I just thought, you know, it, I, I needed to bring that up this morning because that's just such an awesome accomplishment. It's so, really cool. There, so congrats for that. Thank you.
0: There is, a, there is a picture of Derek Jones Jr. who plays for the Miami Heat laying on this couch, and in the background behind it is this poster that I did. And it's like that that guy, like I, I've been drawing him for the last, like, year, dunking on all these different people, and there he right. is, like, chilling. He's holding a diamond-studded basketball, like hanging out and there's, that is there's so yeah, great it's, man it's a crazy thing it's really cool um so i, I appreciate that what and you know maybe we'll do some stuff where we talk about you know some basketball some art and we can talk about some of the digital art that's out there because yeah. there's so many super talented artists and that's the coolest thing about this is all of the people that i've met who are other digital artists who I talk to all the time a lot of them are there right now like messaging me like are you here like let's hang out Like, I've never met them before but I've talked to them so frequently on Instagram and on Facebook sure, and, yeah. you know on all these different art sites that it's a really cool community and everyone like is really supportive so like um, I, didn't, I don't know if I told you this but this uh, company stole some of my stuff and was selling oh, wow, no. t-shirts and Damn. another artist found it and he submitted the season assist for me.
1: That's awesome. Like, he's like, I saw this dude. I mean, that this is a... thing,
0: da, 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 And I, it's, it's already down, but here. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, thank you. Like, I, I didn't even know that that was happening. And it's really cool. Really good community. That, people, I was just like, going to so. say,
1: it sounds like a, a good community of, yeah. of people looking out for each other, which yeah. you don't find every day anymore. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Really, really special. So um thank so you. i
1: would like to at some point maybe maybe we'll start the next episode talking about how you started oh, this yeah, because yeah. i love the backstory about it. um you know how you ended up yeah. doing this artwork and and where it came from and for sure um, and i've told that story before to other people so yeah uh, i think it's just a
0: good good story absolutely uh thank you for listening um Yeah, don't
1: forget to subscribe so you can hear the next one's coming out. The one thing is we were just talking about before, looking at the analytics and and (laughs) checking out all you people out there listening. Um, If you subscribe, you get the next one up front. You get it Mm -hmm. first, so please do that, and and please thumbs up if you like this or five-star or whatever,
0: hopefully. Yeah, in episode three, I called this the audio-ish podcast, and I think this episode really was audio-ish yeah, so you're absolutely it. right. I'm
1: sticking with I it. don't think either one of us said audio-ish.
0: Yeah, yeah, we were good this time. Yeah,
1: no, we were both good this time.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks, everybody.